Today we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 9, which deals with Daniel's 70th week, or 70 weeks. It's important for us to understand Daniel chapter 9, particularly Daniel's 70th week, before we look at the book of Revelation. Because most of the book of Revelation from chapter 6 to 18 deals with Daniel's 70th week. As believers and as his children, God wants us to know his plans for the future. So in Isaiah 46, I just want to read that passage, Isaiah 46 verses 8 to 10. The prophet Isaiah says, remember this. And show yourselves, men, recall to mind, O you transgressors, remember the former things of old, for I am God, there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, or things that are yet to come. So God declares the end from the beginning. And he wants us to understand what is going to happen in the future and a lot of what he revealed to Daniel. Um, Daniel is a prophetical book and the Lord revealed so much to Daniel and just what we're going to be focusing on uh, today is just looking at chapter 9, specifically Daniel's uh, 70th week in light of us uh, wanting to start to study the book of Revelation. So let's have a look there, Daniel chapter 9. The book of Daniel has um, 12 chapters. The first six chapters are the historical part of Daniel. And in this part, the first six chapters of the book of Daniel, he's interpreting other people's dreams. In the next six chapters from chapter 7 to 12, God speaks to Daniel direct. And God himself explains to Daniel what he actually reveals to him. And Daniel was taken away as a young boy from his home and his land into captivity to serve the king, not because of anything that he did, but because of the disobedience of his forefathers. And here in uh, Daniel chapter 9, we see that Gabriel comes to Daniel with a message. We see in scripture that Gabriel is the one who is commissioned as God's messenger in the New Testament, we see that Gabriel came to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, to tell him that he was going to have a son. And Gabriel also appeared uh, to Mary uh, and told her that uh, she was going to conceive uh, and that she was going to have a son and that they were to call his name Jesus and that he was going to save uh, his people from their sins. There's three angels that are mentioned in Scripture. Two are good. One is bad. The bad one we know is Lucifer. Um, but Daniel here uh, has a very, very interesting revelation from God. So let's have a look there. Daniel chapter 9, reading from verse 1. Uh, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years for the desolations of Jerusalem. So we see here that Daniel starts 
searching the scriptures and he realizes that through reading the scriptures that it was revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that they would go into captivity for 70 years. And Jeremiah prophesied that. We could read that in Jeremiah 25, verse, um, Jeremiah 25, verses 11 and 12, and Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10. And since he was coming now, Daniel was realizing that they were coming to the end of that span. He actually prayed to God, and he asked God for God's next move on behalf of Israel. Because he realized that the 70 years uh, that they had gone into captivity was a result of their disobedience to the Sabbath rests that God had instructed them. Uh, every seventh year had to be a sabbatical year where they had to allow the land to rest. So for six years they were allowed to plow the land and on the seventh year the land had to have a sabbatical rest and they weren't allowed to plant anything. And we can read about that in Leviticus 25, verse 4 and 5. And then in Leviticus 26, the Lord actually says there, uh, you can go and read the passage. I'm not going to read it now, but I'll just mention what it says there. In Leviticus 26, 34 to 43, the Lord tells them that if they are not obedient and they do not allow the land to rest, that he was going to scatter them into the nations, that the land could then rest and have its Sabbaths. And it looks like the people of Israel for 490 years walked in disobedience to the Lord and did not allow the land its Sabbath rest. So God then sent them into captivity one year for every year that they didn't allow the land to rest. So they went into captivity for 70 years. So Daniel, after understanding that their time of captivity was coming to an end, he starts to pray in verse 3, and he says, Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him, with those who keep his commandments, we have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and judgments. Yeah, Daniel actually identifies with the sin of Israel, where they had departed uh, from the Lord's precepts, and that they had sinned and committed iniquity against the Lord. And I'm not going to go through this um, whole passage. Uh, we'll pick it up. In verse 16 again, where Daniel says, O Lord, according to your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications, and for the Lord's sake, Cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. And in verse 18, he says, Lord, incline your ear and hear and open your eyes and see the desolations of the city, which is called by your name. So then in verse 20, Daniel says, Then now while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, 
presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked to me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill and to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. And I've come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. It's interesting here that the angel says, right at the beginning of your supplication, right at the beginning of your prayer, the command went out already and I've come to give you this message. And I just want to use this as an encouragement for us as believers as well too. From the moment we start praying, God hears our prayers immediately. He loves us. And the scripture says that the effect of fervent prayer of a righteous person accomplishes much. And we are righteous not because of anything that we've done, but we are righteous because of what Jesus has done for us. So he says there, I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved, and therefore consider the matter and understand the vision. So he's told to consider this and he's to understand the vision that he's about to receive. Verse 24, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. So the angel is very specific here who the 70 weeks are for. The 70 weeks are determined for your people, which is the people of Israel, and for your holy city, which is the city of Jerusalem. To finish transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up a vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. And after the sixty-two weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the Prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary the end of it shall be with a flood. So the 70 weeks that are mentioned here are weeks of years. So one week equals seven years. 70 weeks equals a period of 490 years. So Daniel was given here the time period um, from when the command goes out to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, until the Messiah comes, would be a period of seven weeks and another 62 weeks, which makes a period of 69 weeks. And the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. Now, if we go and read in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 2, where Nehemiah went and approached King Artaxerxes about restoring and rebuilding Jerusalem, King Artaxerxes actually gives the decree for Nehemiah to go back and to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And that happened, we can read about that in Nehemiah chapter 2, 
That happened in the month of Nisan, which is round about our March, April. So the angel said to Daniel, no one understand this. He says, no one understand it, that when the command goes out to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince comes, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Now the seven weeks that are mentioned there is the time period that it took uh, Nehemiah to actually finish off uh, the rebuilding of the streets and the wall. So that period was a period of 49 years. So where it says it was seven weeks times seven gives you 49 years. And that closed near Maya's career, if you want to use that word, in rebuilding the streets and walls of Jerusalem. And it was also at that time period the ministry of Malachi also came to a close. And then we had the 400 silent years. Now, if we take the 49 years and we add the 62 weeks there, which is 434 years, and we add the 49 to that, it gives us a period, a total of 483 years from the time that the decree goes out from King Artaxerxes to the first advent of the Messiah, where he is cut off. So Daniel was given the exact time period that the Messiah would come. And the decree went out from King Artaxerxes to rebuild Jerusalem round about uh, 445 BC. As I said, you can read that in Nehemiah chapter 2, 1 to 8. So the moment that decree was issued, the clock starts to tick, counting down 483 years. 483 years, and we're looking at Jewish years, not our years as we know it, because the Jewish people work according to a lunar calendar. We work according to a solar calendar. Our Gregorian calendar is a solar calendar. So 483 years later, plus minus AD 30, who comes riding into Jerusalem on a donkey? The very same month, in the month of Nisan, Jesus, 483 years after the decree went out, exactly as what Daniel was told. And then he was cut off. Jesus was crucified. He was put to death by the religious leaders. And then the clock stops ticking. Because we see there in verse 26 where it says the Messiah will be cut off, not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end of it shall be with a flood. So we see a reference here to the destruction of Jerusalem under the Roman general Titus in AD 70, where the city and the temple were completely destroyed. Now it's very interesting the verse here says, and the people of the prince who is to come, and where it says the people of the prince, the prince that it's referring to there is the Antichrist who is going to come in the last days during the time of the tribulation. And it gives us a clue that he is possibly going to come out of the same area that occupied 
much of the Roman Empire at that time because it says there, and the people of the prince who is to come will come and destroy the city and the sanctuary. Then it goes on to say in verse 27, and this is now going straight into Daniel's 70th week. So we've had the 69 weeks, Messiah's cut off, and then we go straight into Daniel's 70th week in verse 27, and he says there, and the angel says to Daniel, then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, the one week being seven years. But in the middle of the week, he will bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate. Even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. And Jesus refers to this in Matthew 24. And Jesus' discourse in Matthew 24 has much to do with the time of the tribulation and um in Revelation, it's expounded by Jesus to John even more uh, from Revelation 6 to 18, as I mentioned in the beginning. And where it talks about um, the abomination, one who makes desolate, the Antichrist will cause an abomination against the Jewish religion. And this violation will desolate and ruin what the Jews regard as sacred, which is their temple, and the temple is there to honor God's presence. So he's going to desecrate that. And that's going to happen after three and a half years. He's going to break that covenant. So what we see here, looking at Daniel's 70 weeks, 69 weeks, 483 years, we see the Messiah is cut off and the clock stops ticking. The clock starts to tick again when the Antichrist confirms a covenant with many for one week, that kicks off the time period of the seven-year tribulation. And now we see something missing, because we go from the Messiah being cut off straight into Daniel's 70th week. And I just want to highlight again what the angel said to Daniel. He said, 70 weeks are determined for your people, which is the people of Israel, and for your holy city, which is the city of Jerusalem. So from the time that the Messiah was cut off, the clock hasn't ticked. So something is missing between Daniel 69 and 70th week. What is missing is the church age that was never revealed in the Old Covenant. Paul talks about it as being a mystery, the church is something that was hidden in the Old Testament, but it was revealed in the New. So when the church age comes to an end, God goes back to working again with the nation of Israel. That's why the seven-year tribulation, the Old Testament prophets also referred to it as the time of Jacob's trouble. And we're going to be looking at the doctrine of the rapture when the church is taken out. That initiates the second coming of the Lord, which then culminates when the Lord comes back and we come back with him to the earth after seven years where he then comes to establish his millennial kingdom on the earth. So we see here that Daniel was actually given God's plan and purpose for Israel. He wasn't even seeking God for that. 
he was looking to God, wanting to seek God for the uh, nation of Israel for the end of their captivity. And God comes and he gives him a plan. He had realized that they'd been in captivity for 70 years because of their disobedience to God. And then God sends the angel to reveal to him, revolving another number 70, 70 weeks, being a period of 490 years, where God was then going to complete his work of salvation. And the interesting thing is, if you look at uh, verses, uh, let me just go back there, um, verse 24, where it says there that uh, 70 weeks are determined for your people, for your holy city. And then there's six things that the angel mentions here. To finish transgression, to make an end for sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity. Those three things Jesus accomplished in his first advent. The next three things that are mentioned here, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy, those three things are fulfilled in Jesus' second coming. They are completed at his second advent. So going through this particular passage here, it gives us an understanding of looking at the book of Revelation that most of what is spoken about in the book of Revelation deals with Daniel's 70th week. And God is then dealing again with the nation of Israel. And at the same time, as we will see when we study the book of Revelation, pouring out his wrath on an ungodly world. And we won't be here. That's why we are going to be looking in our next study at the doctrine of the rapture. And I trust that you have found this study very, very interesting. And I'm just going to pray now. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we have, that we can study your word, that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, that you reveal your plans and purposes to your servants, the prophets, how things are actually going to pan out in the end. And all of this is revealed as an encouragement to us as we study the scriptures, particularly in light of the days that we are living in at the moment, because the hope that we have, the blessed hope that we have as the church is looking forward to the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ, where we will then spend eternity with you. We just thank you for this in the wonderful name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity again to study your word in Jesus' name. Amen.